It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. The champ is here! All right, good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 p.m. It is time for the Ron and Brian podcast. And uh, as you uh, may have picked up already, uh, I am flying solo this week. It is a Ron-only show this Sunday night. Um, where's Brian, you may ask? I mean, it's 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 a touchy subject. Um, you know, Brian... Uh, uh, as I think to no surprise of anyone out there in the audience has become, I mean, for lack of a better word, unhinged. And I, and I know it's tough to tell an unhinged Brian uh, different from the normal Brian, uh, but his obsession with this 51% ownership title belt uh, that you can now see there in the background uh, has just kind of driven him mad and, and I think he understands that there is no way that he is going to win this title. Uh, he is not going to win the Super Bowl bet. So he went so far as to leave the country. Um, very sad. Was not uh, expecting that behavior from him. Um, he just, uh, you know, he just really left a note and said, I can't take this anymore. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, we don't exactly know where Brian is. Uh, we don't know when he'll be returning. Um, the the last uh, communication uh, that we had was a, uh, a photo. Let me see if I can find the photo that he sent to me here. Um, so he is, he's somewhere cold, clearly. Um, he is scared. Uh, I believe he has wet himself a little bit in this photo. Um, so we are, we are hopeful that we are able to get him back by next Sunday's episode. Uh, if not, you know, we will, uh, I will definitely put out an ad for uh, new guest hosts and we will, we will just go from there. But it's a, it's a sad time. You know, I have my, uh, my Brian coffee mug tonight that I'll be drinking out of. And you know, initially this was this was a joke, this coffee mug. But now uh, it's more of a a beacon of hope, uh, a hope that uh, Brian is out there somewhere and that he knows that we love him and that he will come home to us uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, so what I would like to do, I'm going to post this photo of Brian on our social media later. And I would just like all of you, all of our listeners at home uh, to print this out, uh, distribute it in your communities, maybe make t-shirts, uh, mugs, pins, whatever you would like, um, just to really, you know, rally the troops around Brian and show him how much, uh, how much we care. Uh, William Esquire, throwing it out there, um, Ron and Billy is an option always an option um and then ali good point we wouldn't even need to change the logo um i do think that would be my first pick if i did um have to replace brian i would look for someone with a, a b in their name so uh billy uh you have potential um if there's a bobby out there um i know we have a, another brian that listens that would be the easiest because then would literally not have to change anything um so we will uh you know Again, we will hope 
for Brian to return. We will hope for a return to normalcy next week. Uh, but in the meantime, let's uh, let's start things off as we always do with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. All right, so uh, tapping into that Tavor crate again this week for drink of the week. Uh, This is going all the way out from Washington uh, with uh, Iron Horse Brewery. This is a little something called Mexican Cocoa Death. Um, It says this dark chocolatey beer brings in hints of vanilla, cinnamon, allspice, and pasile chiles to warm things up as fall set in. And I'm sure I mispronounced that, but that's okay. So Mexican Cocoa Death clocking in at a solid 7.5%. Listen, the last time uh, one of us had to do this show alone, it was Brian. He got drunk during the podcast. I might as well do the same and see how it works. So let's try out this Mexican Cocoa Death. Oh, now that is tasty. So uh, not getting too much of the cocoa, but definitely getting the allspice, definitely getting the vanilla. Um, it looks like it's a darker beer, but it's actually got quite a, uh, a light body to it. Um, I'm going in for a second sip. All right. So uh, good beer. We will drink that throughout the night. I'm used to being able to drink when Brian would talk go on his tangents, go on his rants. Um, So I'm going to have to, you know, obviously sneak a sip here and there uh, whenever possible. So you'll just have to excuse me when I do that. Uh, Up next, it's our beef of the week. Ron and Brian's beef of the week. Uh, so beef of the week, I think, you know, again, I don't want to I don't want to kick a man when he's down. Uh, but we've been doing this show for uh, it's going to be going on four years now, actually five years. This may excuse me. Um, and we're on episode 239. And you would think, you know, when when we're traveling, when one of us is maybe out of the country, you know, we, we check mark off certain boxes uh, when we pick a location that we're going to stay when we're traveling. And you would think, again, you would think not our first rodeo, not the first time one of us has been traveling when it's time to do the podcast, um, that when booking uh, a place to stay, uh, making sure you have Wi-Fi at said location uh, would be one of the things that you would want to make sure one of those boxes that's checked off. Um, so, you know, some people do it, some people don't. And, uh, when that happens, sometimes you get a, you get a solo Ron show. So, um, I'm sure Brian's beef of the week, the next time he arrives on this podcast, uh, will be his roaming charges, uh, for his cell phone plan, wherever he is in the world, not being on Wi-Fi. So I'll be very interested to, uh, to hear that when he comes back. So that's my beef. Brian, I love you, but... That's my beef this week. Um, what do we have here? I got a ton of stories, um, ton of stuff to hopefully fill this hour that we have here. But of course, um, we uh, we can't go much further without our NFL locks of the week. Locks. 
and we are in the final weekend of the NFL season. Uh, normally, this would be when we would pat each other on the backs. Well, I have to pat each of our backs. Brian uh, nailing a 2-0 and week. He had the Vikings minus 3.5 at Chicago. Uh, wasn't that close. Minnesota running up the score. And then Miami minus 1.5 versus uh, the New York Jets. Uh, Jets had a hard fight, but ended up losing by five in the end. So Brian finishes the regular season uh, with a perfect 36-0, and a new NFL Locks of the Week record now that we have 18 weeks in the NFL season. Um, and my picks of Tennessee beating the spread against Jacksonville and Washington beating the spread against Dallas paid off as well. So uh, 36 and 0 for myself as well. Hopefully all of you have uh, have made a good amount of money on our locks of the week. Um, we are still waiting on one more game tonight. We've got Green Bay playing Detroit uh, for to that final playoff spot. And uh, once we see what the playoff seedings are, uh, we will get you our locks of the week for next week. Uh, but again, always bet with your head and not over it. Uh, last week, uh, towards the end of the episode, uh, was when we first learned about uh, what was going on in the Bills-Bengals game. That was, of course, uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, had collapsed, uh, was given CPR on the field, uh, used a defibrillator on him. Uh, his heart was restarted twice on the field before being transported to a hospital. And thankfully, um, it looks like um, he is going to make a recovery. Um, he, is, he is conscious. He is talking. Um, they removed the breathing tube a couple of days back. So we were very happy to see that. Um, whether he will play football again, obviously up in the air, but more importantly, uh, that this young man will live. And uh, one story that we've also been watching over the past week was a GoFundMe uh, that he had started a couple of years back uh, when he had started a charitable foundation uh, for a toy drive in his area. Uh, back two years ago, it raised about $2,500. It went viral after he was uh, injured on the field and uh, people started to donate in his uh, in his honor and as of uh, right before this podcast we took a look and uh, it is up over eight and a half million dollars uh, that his charitable organization will now have to to work with so uh, just a, a great thing to see um, something nice to, coming out of uh, a bad experience um, question from Allie. If we've both been perfect during the season, uh, wouldn't it stand to reason you'd both be correct for the Super Bowl? Uh, possibly. You know, we have our locks of the week. We do bet uh, in other games. We do bet against each other. Um, some of us are more successful than, than the other when bet betting those. Um, the question that we still have to resolve is if we both want to take the same bet for the Super Bowl, how do we then resolve it? Well, we may do, we've done prop bets for the Super Bowl before. Um, so we have to, you know, we've got some, uh, some things to work out uh, once Brian returns from his sabbatical um, wherever he is. Um, also from this final weekend of the season, uh, that class act known as the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, just one week after the, uh, the incident with DeMar Hamlin, decided that coming off of a touchdown, uh, doing a CPR gesture on the field was uh, for some reason appropriate. We'll play that video again. I'm sorry, not a touchdown celebration. This was after a, a sack 
on the opposing team's quarterback. Um, again, they try, they decided to celebrate by one player giving CPR to the other. So uh, great job, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. In the news this week, uh, obviously one of the big things that happened is uh, we had the House being taken over by the GOP. Um, They captured enough seats during November's midterm elections to take over the majority and therefore have uh, the ability to plant a Republican as Speaker of the House. Um, They had said leading up to the transition that they would provide staunch leadership, which the Democrats, you know, they said did not provide. Um, They would uh, they would fight against these backdoor dealings that are so prevalent in politics and they would show just such the unified front. And how did they do that? Uh, They did that uh, by a drawn out three day process to try and elect a Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy thought he could just walk away with it. Um, there was at one point 22 Republicans voting against him, voting for various uh, individuals within the party, keeping him from getting to the 218 votes that were required uh, to get him to win the seat. Um, Democrats uh, united behind Hakeem Jeffries. All of their votes went to Representative Jeffries for all of the ballots, which in turn totaled 15 after a late Friday night uh, meeting uh, where the final holdout, Matt Gates, voted present, uh, allowing the ceiling that Speaker McCarthy needed to hit to win uh, Speaker of the House was lowered enough and that he was able to win with 215 votes. Um, so I'm sure This gives everybody in the country a tremendous amount of confidence as we move forward. But at the very least, Congress can now be put into session. Uh, People who were elected, um, who literally were waiting with their families in D.C. for the past three days to get sworn in, uh, have finally been sworn in. And now we will see the shit show that will now probably unravel as the clown car that is Washington, D.C. continues to roll along. Uh, One of the individuals uh, getting a lot of press, but not in a good way, is a new representative from New York's 3rd Congressional District, George Santos. Uh, He represents northern Nassau County and northeast Queens. uh, Since he was uh, elected, it has come out uh, a number of falsehoods on his resume, uh, on on statements he has made in the past. Just a quick rundown. Um, He had stated that he attended Horace Mann Private School after attending PS 122 in Astoria. Uh, School has no record of him attending. He also claimed to have earned degrees from New York University and Baruch College. Uh, New York Times reported that neither school could find his name in their records, uh, to which Santos then needed to admit that he never graduated from any college. Uh, His resume states that he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. Uh, Both financial firms told the New York Times they couldn't confirm his uh, his employment claims. Uh, At one point, he claimed he owned 13 rental properties, uh, but changed course in an interview with the New York Post, confessing that he does not own any properties. Um, He also, on his campaign website, stated at one time that he was a proud American Jew whose grandparents escaped the Holocaust. Um, That, of course, uh, belying the fact that he is Catholic and uh, has no record of any of his grandparents being involved in the Holocaust. 
Um, he said that his mom was a groundbreaking executive who died as a result of the September 11th terror attacks. Um, she did not and was not. Uh, he also said that he employed four victims of the Pulse nightclub massacre also false. And then finally, uh, he had said he had claimed to have founded and run a tax-exempt charity called Friends of Pets United that rescued more than 2,500 dogs and cats. Neither the IRS nor the New York or and New, New Jersey Attorney General's office could find records showing it was registered as an a official charity. Um, more uh, lies in the comments. Of course, yes, he had that great statement he said where he was like, I'm Jew- ish just not really jewish um and yes you know his mom apparently died twice uh died a few years after 9 11 and then died uh in 2016 as well so uh magical there but he also made news again this week uh with a photo that was taken of him in the house chambers um with him appearing to give the uh the white supremacy sign um so the picture is up on the screen here. Uh, so he is uh, he unfolded his arms to, to make a signal to somebody or to, to gesture, and his uh, left hand was making the sideways okay gesture, uh, which is a symbol that has been co-opted by white supremacists. Uh, did this while casting his 10th vote. So this was the 10th ballot, which he made this hand gesture. Um, it's a, uh, you know, again, it could be coincidence. It could be just poor hand gesture. Um, but, you know, uh, this guy is going to be undergoing an ethics uh, committee investigation um, now that Congress is in session. Uh, Republicans and Democrats both this seem to be united in their distaste for him um, and his lies. So we will uh, we will have to see how that plays out. But again, like we said, uh, the government is kind of a shit show and we're just along for the ride. I'm just going to take a sip of this beer here. Talk amongst yourselves. See, Brian, this is what you've this is what you've made me do, Brian, is I have to take drink breaks because you're not here to talk. I suppose I could play his little uh, Clapton bumper, but. Maybe we'll get to that later. Um, more shootings going on this week uh, because this is uh, the United States of America. Um, this one was a new one. Uh, it was in uh, Virginia, Newport News, Virginia, uh, where a six-year-old boy was taken into police custody after he shot a teacher at Richneck Elementary School. Um, there was apparently a, uh, a fight uh, between the teacher, not a physical fight, a verbal altercation uh, between a female teacher uh, named of Abby Zwerner. Uh, we've got a photo of her here. Matt, if you can, uh, if you can pull that up, please. Um, so a, a verbal altercation. Um, the uh, the six year old boy took out a gun and shot. Uh, his teacher in the chest. Uh, to the teacher's credit, you know, she did uh, work on getting as many students out of the class as possible after being shot prior to collapsing. Um, fortunately, no one else was hurt apart uh, from the teacher. Um, her condition has improved and she has, uh, she's now been listed in stable condition. Um, but it's, it's, you know, we've talked about gun control and gun safety. You have to think that the, the parents of this child have to bear some sort of responsibility for the injuries to this young woman. Um, there, 
regardless of your stance on the Second Amendment and gun control or anything else, um, I, 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 I would be hard pressed to find someone that would say, you know, a six-year-old should carry around a gun unattended. A six-year-old should be able to uh, carry a gun into school uh, because the only thing that can stop a bad six-year-old with a gun is a good six-year-old with a gun. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so uh, there's uh, investigations going on. They have not named the child, nor have they named the child's parents. Um, we will we will follow this story. We will see how it plays out. Uh, but when that when that news came on the air, uh, when I saw it on CNN the other day, it was like you're you're shocked, but at the same time you're like. Makes sense. It's really where we are headed as a community. Um, also taking place a shooting in Northeast uh, Washington, D.C., where a homeowner shot and killed a 13-year-old after claiming that he was breaking into cars. Um, this happened uh, earlier this week. The unidentified homeowner confronted and shot the 13-year-old um, again after claiming the boy was breaking into several vehicles. Um, the boy was shot multiple times. Um, there is no reports showing that the child was armed. Um, they, they found the homeowner performing CPR on the boy when police arrived. Um, again, just, all right, so let's say the kid is trying to break into a car. You know, if you're a homeowner, obviously you want to protect your property. But to, to shoot and kill um, a 13-year-old child... Um, and there was uh, two other children involved in it... Uh, they tried fleeing in a, a vehicle. Um, so the question is going to become whether any criminal charges are warranted against the homeowner. But again, it, it's going to be very tough, I think, to use anything like a stand your ground defense when you're out in the street. You know, if, if you see somebody breaking into your car, I don't know why, especially a kid, why you would you would feel the need to fire multiple times upon that kid. Maybe call the police, uh, maybe try and detain the uh, child in a nonviolent way, um, even a warning shot. But no, this guy decided that uh, he needed to kill somebody uh, to protect his neighborhood. And again, this being America, he will he will probably get away with it. Um, but that was not the most shocking shooting related story of the past week. Uh, for that, we need to go down to Houston, uh, where police in Texas are looking to question a man who was seen on surveillance video shooting and killing an armed suspect attempting to rob a Houston taqueria. Uh, the man was seen on video uh, in, inside a restaurant called Ranchito Number no. 4 in southwest Houston. Um, we're going to pick up this video um, after the, uh, the robber had walked through the restaurant and was taking money uh, and belongings from the people in the restaurant. Um, this is when he attempts to leave the restaurant. One of the people that he has robbed uh, was armed, and this is how this played out. So you see him uh, taking some money off the floor. And when he realizes he's robbed everybody there, he tries to leave. And uh, the gentleman who has 
yet to be identified, um, fires uh, four shots initially um, after the robber goes down, um, fires four more shots, and then uh, it appears that he attempts to take the gun from the, uh, the robber, and uh, a ninth shot is heard, unknown whether it was a shot from his gun or from the, uh, the robber's gun. Um, lots of... Um, online questioning about this, um, you know, primarily because, all right, this guy's defending himself, you know, he's, he's got a gun pulled on him. Uh, you know, I think the four shots after the guy drops to the ground, looks like it's resolved the situation. Uh, again, we'll, we'll play this video again. You can kind of, you know, again, he's, he's got a gun. Yes, he's armed. He's taking people's money, but it, he looks like he is getting ready to leave, to leave the situation. These first few shots seem to take the guy down. After that, it seems like a, a touch of overkill. Again, just my opinion. So the police uh, are saying that, you know, they just want to have a conversation with him. Um, they have identified a person of interest and they have contacted that person yesterday. Although again, they have not released any identities. Uh, but in the state of Texas, um, this use of force is apparently justified. Um, yes, I would agree with you, Janelle. Uh, definitely excessive. So there are some that are saying that this was an excessive use of force because he basically unloaded a clip on this guy. Uh, but then there are many lawyers and people that have, have uh, dealt with the court system in Texas and say, hey, this is uh, this is just how it goes in Texas, and you know he was uh, he felt threatened, and therefore he had the ability to fire upon this individual many many times. Um, good point, Allie. Waiting until the robber wasn't pointing a gun at the patrons was a good move. Yes, firing so much, especially when he was down, was not. Yeah, I mean again, I think you wanted to be sure that he wasn't going to get up and try and fire back, uh, but. Again, once you're firing on someone close range and hitting them seven or eight times, uh, I think the odds of that individual getting back up were uh, were pretty pretty minimal. Brian, I know you would agree with me if you were here. You're here in spirit. That's why I use the coffee mug. Um, what else do we have this week? It's just been such a, a great week in stories. I wish Brian was here. We have a bunch of stories that he loves, shootings and, and all that good stuff. Um, going back to an old school shooting, uh, the mom of the Uvalde school shooter um, apparently uh, is uh, has some issues of her own. She is now in jail for making death threats. Uh, her name is, hold on, I had it here a minute ago, Adriana Martinez Reyes, um, age 40. She was charged with assault and battery and uttering death threats last Wednesday. Um, she was, uh, this was due to, uh, again, threatening to kill the disabled man that she was living with uh, in Oklahoma City. Um, she had relocated to Oklahoma City from Uvalde um, after the school massacre. Um, she spent two days in uh, behind bars, unable to make the $1,000 bond, uh, but was released Friday afternoon after a judge tossed the charges. Um, Reyes denied to the responding police officer that she had threatened to kill Alvarez, uh, but a witness corroborated Alvarez's story. 
Um, so why the judge exactly would throw out the charges is, uh, is uncertain. Um, let's not forget this is the same woman who defended her son uh, for shooting up the school, uh, saying that her son, quote, had his reasons for doing what he did. Um, she was also arrested in Uvalde in June for criminal trespassing and driving without a valid license. So just a, a fun family there. Um, we have a follow-up story, a story that we followed a couple of years ago. Uh, if some of you remember the GoFundMe scam uh, that took place here in Philadelphia, uh, it was a, a woman and her boyfriend and a homeless person. Um, they claimed that uh, she had run out of gas uh, late at night uh, coming off of I-95, and this homeless veteran had given her the last $20 in his pocket so she could get gas and go home. Um, and then we obviously later found out that that was a lie. Well, we have, uh, everybody's been sentenced up to this point, except for the, the final woman, uh, Caitlin McClure, the girlfriend in the situation, now age 32. Um, she is already serving uh, a one-year federal term in the case in a Connecticut prison. Well, now she has been sentenced to three years in state prison uh, for her role in the 400000 GoFundMe scam. Uh, her state sentence will run concurrently, and uh, she was a former New Jersey Department of Transportation worker. Uh, she will also be permanently banned from ever working as a public employee in the state. Um, again, we, uh, we covered this story. It started back in 2017. Um, they pled guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud um, after they, uh, they concocted that story with homeless vet Johnny Bobbitt Jr. Um, again, they raised $400,000. Uh, but then it turned out uh, the money wasn't really going to Johnny as much as he would like. So he came out and admitted that it was all a scam. And all of them have, uh, have done police time. So, and they've also been ordered to fully reimburse GoFundMe. Um, D'Amico, who is her boyfriend, pleaded guilty in December 2019. He was sentenced uh, to five years in state prison, uh, a term also running concurrently with a earlier federal term. Um, and then Bobbitt actually, I thought he had gotten jail time, but he was sentenced to probationary federal and state terms. So uh, maybe not rip, rip off the public with a GoFundMe scam. Just kind of throwing that out there. Spear time again. See, Brian's much better at this just being able to talk um, constantly without any breaks. Me, uh, not so good. So that's why I think we work well. When Brian talks, it gives me my little breaks. It gives me my little mental checkout so I can arrange my thoughts and get back to things. So let's see what else do we have here. Uh, this was... Uh, I don't want to make fun of people. All right, we do make fun of people. Uh, but we're, we're going to show some interesting video here. Um, and so this is uh, it's a story about six journalists who have been detained in South Sudan over the circulation of footage showing President Salva Kerr appearing to wet himself at an official event. Um, the footage from back in December uh, shows a dark stain running down the 71-year-old's president's gray trousers as he stood for the national anthem uh, at a road commissioning event. The video never aired on television, but subsequently circulated on social media. And uh, lucky for us, 
uh, we were able to find that video. So let's take a look at it right now, shall we? There's the president right there looking stately. If you look at his legs, you can kind of see the, the dark stain starting to become very prevalent uh, running down his leg. And then the, tail, the telltale puddle running down the street behind him. He notices it. I think the cameraman starts to notice it and then turns away to other people in the uh, in the audience. Um, the journalists who work with the state-run South Sudan Broadcasting Corporation were detained on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, they are suspected of having knowledge on how the video of the president urinating himself came out. Um, it is unsure what laws that they may have broken. Uh, but again, this is the uh, the South Sudan. Um, they're only supposed to detain suspects there for 24 hours before bringing them before a judge. Uh, but it is uncertain whether they've been brought before a judge. It is uncertain what the charges are. Uh, but And it's also uncertain uh, if and when uh, they will be released. We'll also post that video on our social media in case you want to uh, to catch up on it sometime later. And I'm, I thought I had an hour worth of material and I'm like blowing through this stuff like nobody's business. Like we're going to be we're going to be wrapping up early if uh, if I don't find some other stuff to uh, to talk about. So let's talk about uh, a former Wells Fargo vice president uh, arrested after a Air India flight. Uh, he became a former vice president because he had uh, apparently urinated on a passenger during this Air India flight. Um, so this gentleman is Shankar Mishra. Um, again, he was a Wells Fargo executive. He, uh, he apparently became very intoxicated during an Air India flight in late November. Um, he urinated on this elderly woman during the flight was eventually arrested in, arrested in New Delhi. Uh, uh, Mishra, a resident of Mumbai, was sought by police for days in an apparent attempt to evade authorities. He switched off his phone on January 3rd and was using auto rickshaws to get around. Uh, law enforcement officials were finally able to track him down uh, on Saturday after he made a credit card purchase uh, in Bangalore and gave away his location. Uh, he was uh, brought before a judge in New Delhi on Saturday, where he was remanded to 14-day judicial custody. Uh, he faces charges of committing an obscene act in a public place, assault or criminal force to a woman with intent to outrage her modesty, and misconduct in public uh, by a drunken person. Um, earlier this week, an Indian newspaper had revealed the contents of a complaint made by the 72-year-old victim to an executive at Air India. Um, again, she said, you know, she was traveling on a flight from New York to New Delhi. A male business class passenger walked to her seat, completely inebriated, unzipped his pants, urinated on her, and kept standing there until the person sitting next to me tapped him and told him to go back to his seat. Uh, after her clothes were soaked in urine, she was offered airline pajamas and socks. Um, she criticized the way in which Air India staff handled her complaint. Uh, she wrote that they refused her request to switch seats, even though there was an open spot available in first class. Uh, so that's, I mean, again, air travel is bad enough as it is, um, but then you got to worry about somebody urinating on you. 
Uh, she tried to uh, sit in an area where the crew was, uh, but instead the airline crew asked her to return uh, to her urine-stoked seat, um, which she refused to do. So apparently the man sobered up by the end of the flight, um, came to her, broke down in tears, and apologized. Uh, he then begged her not to file a complaint to spare his family. Again, don't pee on people in airplanes. I don't think we should have to say this. But don't pee, pee, don't, don't shoot 13-year-olds breaking into cars. Don't pee on people when you're on the airplane. No matter how much you've had to drink. I think we've all had a few too many to drink flying on a flight. Don't pee on, on your fellow passengers. Let's see, what else do we have here? We've got celebrity obituaries. Um, we, uh, we were hoping to announce our, uh, our winner of the um, Ron and Brian death pool for 2022. Um, we, have, uh, we have had some legal entanglements um, in, in trying to validate the results of said uh, death pool. Um, there is a, uh, a, a, a group out there that feels that Brian, um, should be the winner. Um, they are claiming that Aaron Carter uh, never died. Um, they are claiming other people, uh, falsified their deaths. Um, they actually held a rally outside the Ron and Brian podcast offices earlier this week, supporting Brian. Um, you can see, uh, the one woman there with the sign, stop the seal there, there, stop the steal. They're reusing that, um, to try and stop the awarding of the death pool. Um, people saying Brian won big. Now granted, Brian got some points this past year. And kudos to him. I, I think he had an egg, a goose egg the last couple of years. Um, again, we have to kind of go through the proper legal channels to remedy this situation. Um, but these death pool deniers, as we are calling them, they will not win. Um, we will announce the official results of the death pool next Sunday night. We will have, hopefully, the winner of the 2022 Death Pool live on the podcast uh, next week to talk about um, strategies, how they, they got to their win, um, and to uh, get their thoughts on the 2023 Death Pool. Um, so tune in for that. Hopefully, Brian will be back for that as well. Again, I haven't heard from him. I thought maybe he would pop up here tonight. I thought maybe my phone would ring and he'd say, hey, I'm sorry I'm missing the podcast, but I just wanted to reach out. Wish you good luck. You know, tell you, uh, you know, keep, keep your head up. Do what you need to do. Get it done. But no, I have, uh, I have yet to hear from him. And uh, I'm a little hurt by that. He has hurt me deeply. Uh, but I'll talk about that. Uh, with him uh, whenever he reappears. But we do have a few uh, a few obituaries to read. Um, no one has hit any points yet in the 2023 death pool. Um, we've had some young ones pass away. The first one, uh, Rapster Gangster Boo, um, passing away at the age of 43. Uh, we've got a photo of her here. Uh, former member of 3-6 Mafia, um, Lola Mitchell was, uh, is her real name, uh, recording with three, six mafia, um, her first song with them at the age of 14. Um, she officially joined the group a year later in 1994, uh, before she left them in early 2000s. She's worked with I 
iconic rappers, including Little John, T.I., Killer Mike, and Gucci Mane, and was featured on a recent track uh, by Lado that premiered just weeks ago. Um, cause of death uh, remains unknown. Uh, again, many people missing out on that 57 points right there. Um, also passing away, I don't know if we'd count this as a celebrity. Um, it certainly would not have counted for a lot of points in the Ron and Brian death pool. Uh, but the father of instant replay, Art McNally, passing away at the age of 97. Um, number of uh, games today, they, they honored uh, him in passing. Um, let me see. I had his obituary here. And then the whole computer just decided to crash. So uh, back in uh, the early 80s, uh, he invented this instant replay, um, which has really revolutionized the game. Um, you know, there was uh, the very first play involved uh, Jerry Rice and, and what was ruled at reception. And then instant replay uh, showed that he'd actually stepped out of bounds before completing the catch. Um, so if you love instant replay in the NFL, if you don't, uh, Art McNally's the man to blame for it or to cheer for it. Uh, regardless, passing away at the age of 97. And then earlier today, uh, this was a shock for those of us who uh, were kids of the 70s uh, from the TV show Eight is Enough, actor Adam Rich passing away at the age of 54. Um, he played the youngest Bradford family member, Nicholas, on the TV drama, uh, dying Saturday at his home uh, in L.A., according to a report by TMZ. Um, the family uh, did not share a cause of death. In addition to Eight is Enough, uh, he also played roles in Fantasy Island, Chips, Small Wonder. Man, that, these are just some 80s flashbacks right there. Um, and his last TV credit was an episode of Baywatch in 1993 uh, before stepping away from on-camera performances for 10 years uh, and then popping up in the 2003 David Spade comedy, Dickie Roberts, uh, former child star. Uh, he had faced some legal troubles for alleged burglary back in 1991. Uh, his TV dad from 8 is Enough, actor Dick Van Patten, once paid his bail. Um, so uh, somewhat of a troubled life, but uh, sad to see uh, him gone at the age of 54. And also sad that no one was able to cash in on those 46 points. So we will keep track of the death pool. We will keep track of the celebrity obituaries. Uh, you know we will be on top of this um, as much as we possibly can. Um, rolling through some additional news stories here. Aaron Hernandez's fiance uh, has been accused of wasting his daughter's trust fund on clothes and entertaining. Um, Aaron Hernandez, of course, former New England Patriot, uh, committed suicide uh, while in prison, uh, during, having trial, facing trial uh, for murder charges. Um, he had obviously left a lot of his NFL fortune to his daughter, uh, who is now 10 years old. Uh, but his fiance, Shayana Jenkins Hernandez, has apparently been spending an exorbitant amount of her daughter's money on questionable items. Um, the mother of two spent a whopping 17000 in clothing, uh, 10000 in entertainment expenses, and thousands in, quote, self-care costs. Uh, also spending $12,000 at home goods alone. That is an effort. 
because home goods has a ton of cheap shit. So to be able to rack up $12,000, I think you can buy the entire store for 12 grand. If it's, if it's a regular size store, if it's a superstore, maybe not. But I think for 12 grand, you can buy the entire home goods. Uh, the attorney of the trust, David Schwartz, began objecting to Jenkin Hernandez's reimbursement invoices in September after she asked for $10,000 for the trust to cover uh, the cost of her daughter Avil's competitive dance lessons. Um, the court-appointed lawyer denied the request. Um, the, uh, the, so she was getting $150,000 annually to cover daily expenses uh, and she was asking for these these additional funds so um, now apparently we'll have uh, we'll have a little court case and it will determine um, you know what's going to happen the lawyer now wants to remove Jenkin Hernandez as uh, as the daughter's conservator uh, but she has in turn asked that he be removed as the trustee so courts will decide that and uh, we'll follow that up um, he's been gone since 2017. Now that would have been a death pool pick, dying at the age of 27. Even better than the Aaron Carter pick, which I also made the Aaron Carter pick, but we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about that too much. Brian's still upset, um, that I scored that many points off of one death, whereas he had to kind of scrape to get the 15 points that he did get. Um, Kind of a gruesome story um, from last week. An airport worker, apparently, who was killed uh, by being, quote, ingested into the engine of a plane. Uh, this was a ground crew worker at a regional Alabama airport. Um, he apparently was sucked into the engine of a parked plane at Montgomery Regional Airport, uh, the airplane. And uh, Embraer 170 was parked at the gate with its engine running after arriving from Dallas. Um, the person who died was an employee of uh, Piedmont Airlines. Uh, he had gone out, uh, I guess, to uh, do some maintenance on the plane and somehow got sucked into this engine. Uh, you would have to think, uh, killed very quickly, instantaneously, uh, just, a, just a brutal story. And then again, just the way that the news headline reads, I don't think you ever want to, I don't think you ever want to die being ingested by anything, but by an airplane seems pretty brutal. Another sip of beer here. How did Brian do this for like an hour and a half when I was down in the Bahamas is the real question. Because I'm, I'm dragging here. I got 14 minutes that I got to try and do. The band is legendary. Brian, you got to come back. Wherever you are, uh, whatever ski slope you're on, whatever jacuzzi you're in, uh, pack your bags and get yourself back home. Uh, FDA announced this week that abortion pills can now be offered at retail pharmacies. Uh, Mifepristone, the first of two drugs in medical abortions, previously had to be dispensed only by clinics, doctors, or a few mail-order pharmacies. Um, now, if local drugstores or chains like CVS agree to certain rules, they can provide it, um, which is good. Uh, you know, you see with Roe v. Wade having been out, outlawed, um, access to abortion being restricted, the fact that uh, women can have uh, better, uh, better, whatchamacallit, better access to these abortion drugs when they may not be able to actually get abortions themselves. Um, 
it's just it's just a good story. Uh, yes, Brian did call me at dinner, um, but it's like I'm not even sure what the time difference is, but it's probably like 3 a.m. there. And while I'm not uh, concerned about Brian, uh, his uh, his his girlfriend is a lovely woman, and I would not want to disturb her slumber uh, during during their vacation. Brian, I'd wake I'd wake that son of a bitch up in a heartbeat, but uh, but her, I'm gonna cut her a little slack. And uh, we'll, we'll see. That's right. Brian just missed Ron Moore. And it's 2.47 a.m. in, uh, in Spain. <clears throat> I mean, I'm tempted. But again, I don't want to upset his woman. She's already upset if he ever brings this title belt into his apartment, <clears throat> which we know he never will. In fact, hold on. I said to myself I wasn't going to wear the title belt during this episode, uh, but I am. I'm going to put it on my shoulder. I'm going to let it sit here for a while, um, let you guys kind of admire the sheen of the gold, and uh, we'll go through the last couple of stories that we have here. Um, a Colorado funeral home operator accused of illegally selling body parts and giving clients fake ashes was sentenced to 20 years in prison Tuesday by a federal court judge. Megan Hess received the maximum sentence after pleading guilty to mail fraud in November under a plea agreement in which other charges against her were dropped. Uh, U.S. authorities said that on dozens of occasions, Hess and her mother, Shirley Koch, who also pleaded guilty to mail fraud, transferred bodies or body parts to third parties for research without family's knowledge. Uh, U.S. District Judge Christine Arguello in Grand Junction also sentenced Coach on Tuesday to 15 years in prison. Uh, Arguello sentenced the pair after victims testified about the pain they suffered under the scheme. Uh, the two women operated the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in the western city of Montrose. They were arrested back in 2020 and charged with six counts of mail fraud and three counts of illegal transportation of hazardous materials. Uh, a grand jury indictment said that from 2010 through 2018, uh, the women offered to cremate bodies and provide the remains to families at a cost of $1,000 or more. But many of the cremations never occurred. Um, on dozens of occasions, they transferred bodies to third parties for research. Um, the transfers were done through the Sunset Mesa Funeral Foundation, um, and families were given ashes of those that were not their loved ones. Um, they also shipped bodies and body parts that tested positive for or belonged to people who died from infectious diseases, including HIV and hepatitis B and C, despite certifying uh, to buyers that the remains were disease-free. Hess's attorney told the court that uh, Hess was motivated by a desire to advance medical research. Well, that makes sense. Why not just sell body parts and give people ashes that aren't their loved ones uh, to advance medical science. Not quite sure of the logic of that, but that is, uh, that is lawyer talk for you. And uh, since we are not doing our After Dark tonight, and that's right, we haven't quite plugged our After Dark yet, uh, but uh, normally Ron and Brian do this podcast uh, from 8 to you know, 9, 9, 10, 9, 15. And then at 9.30, almost every Sunday night, uh, we do our After Dark, which is exclusive 
for our Patreon subscribers. Um, that's a value that you just don't get from me being able to do it alone. So we've actually canceled our After Dark tonight. We'll be back with that next week. Uh, once a month, we also do our pajama party for our listeners. Uh, we held that last Saturday, or excuse me, last Sunday, since we didn't have a show on Christmas. Um, Brian put together a Can You Beat Ron? And finally, um, after a, a couple months of losses, I finally came back and was able to win. So um, no charities received that $25 this month. Um, so we will see what happens. We will do, you'll actually get two pajama parties this month um, because we'll do one at the last uh, last Sunday. Oh, that's right, we did, the, we did the After Dark on Monday, Allie. Thank you for, uh, for reminding me of that. The days just kind of go by. Next week's Ron and Billy After Dark should be good. Agreed. Agreed. Or would it be the Ron and William podcast? I feel that sounds much more distinguished if, if you use the William name. I mean, I get we just have to change the logo then. We'll kick it around. We'll spitball it. If Brian doesn't show back up, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure out how exactly we're going to handle titles. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know that I could give you the full 49% um, that Brian has of the ownership. Definitely cannot let you sniff the 51% ownership title belt, William. I hope you understand that uh, because I love this title so much and will do anything in my power to hold on to it. But anyway, point being is this final story here um, is very similar to one that uh, we would do on After Dark. And it uh, talks about how now in Louisiana, um, watching porn now requires users to verify their age um, and submit state-issued ID. Um, a new law went into effect on January 1st, which holds porn sites accountable for content, um, quote, uh, hold on. The damn website crashed again. Really hate the Daily Mail. It's, it's great for trash news, uh, but it crashes so often. Anyway, the new law went into effect, which holds porn sites accountable for content deemed, quote, harmful to minors if they do not implement uh, age verification technology. Um, this means that anyone wanting to view pornography in the state must now submit a driving license or another age identifying ID card. Right now, Pornhub, our good friends at Pornhub, they always do things the right way. Um, they are currently the only site requiring visitors to verify their age through the LA Wallet app, uh, which is a digital wallet for Louisiana state driver's licenses. Uh, the law, known as Act 440, allows porn sites to be sued for damages resulting from a minor's access uh, to such content and is an unusually severe step in the series of government crackdowns in the name of child safety. Um, again, a, a very conservative-backed uh, bill by these same conservatives that uh, don't want government intruding in their lives. Uh, but, you know, they'll try and keep us from, from watching our porn easily. Um, it applies to any commercial entity that publishes or distributes such material on the internet from a website that contains at least 33.3% porn. So I guess maybe if you just cut it down, maybe 28, 29% porn, um, you're going to be okay. Um, the legislation was authored by Representative Lori Schlegel, who has also advocated for legislation that banned transgender teams, uh, teens from participating in school sports in accordance with their gender identity. So gives you an idea where she's coming from. Um, a couple good questions. Can Matt possibly change the logo quick enough in between Coke bumps? 
Probably not. He, again, still has his voracious cocaine habit. Um, it's why I'm struggling here. I've been waiting for him to feed me some additional stories, um, and he has yet to do so. So I, I do not foresee him being able to, uh, to, to change the logo. Um, Allie, good question. We could change this to Ron and Buddies. Then it could be whoever we could get. I like that idea because again, then you uh, you keep the logo the same, kind of like what they're doing with the Daily Show right now. They're not naming uh, a permanent host; they're just getting guest hosts and whatnot. Um, let's uh, let's look into that. Also, I, and I don't know how we how we didn't get to this. Has anyone else been seeing the insurrection currently going on in Brazil? I mean, they had their own uh, January sixth today. Um, at least 400 people arrested after uh, charging the Capitol, um, and they had a, a breach by protesters. Just, uh, again, the world's a shit show, people. And we, we say this each and every week. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And the only thing you can do to keep yourself happy is to listen to the Ron and Brian podcast, which hopefully it will be next Sunday night. It'll be Ron and Brian. It will not be just Ron. I am the champ. I mean, I think you heard it at the beginning of the episode. The champ is here! But I'm only so good. I need my I need my tag team partner, Brian. So, Brian, I do sincerely hope that you are enjoying your vacation. He did want to do this uh, this podcast. He wanted to to try and broadcast uh, from where he's vacationing, and I said, "God damn it, take a day off, take a weekend off." I mean, again. Uh, he has taken some time off every time he's double booked his calendar. We don't need to get into that. We don't need to hash out some ugly things from the past again. But I said, enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your travels. Get a good night's sleep. Come back well rested. And we will kick ass on the podcast when you are back with episode 240, which uh, will be next Sunday night. So we do appreciate all of you joining us here tonight. We're going to wrap things up rather than just have me uh, continue to run on at the mouth. Not saying Brian would have done that, but we're, we're two different men. Um, oh, that is good to know. Allie's letting me know that Brazilian police regained control of Congress shortly before we went on air. Um, Again, Brazil, crazy. U.S., crazy. It's a crazy time. So Brian is somewhere safe, though. I don't believe there is any insurgencies or any riots going on where Brian currently is in the world. So I feel comfortable for him getting back safely. Um, you know, he had a little issue with customs. Uh, I, I think I conversed with uh, with some of you earlier talking about the amount of contraband in his rectum. Um, so he has hopefully learned his lesson and will hopefully try not to smuggle anything out internally uh, when he leaves the country. Uh, but again, thank you for joining me here tonight on the Ron podcast. Um, again, we will be back next Sunday night for the Ron and Brian podcast. We will be back next Sunday night for Ron and Brian After Dark for all of our Patreon subscribers. Again, if you want to join us, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner to become a patron. If you join at the bronze level or higher, uh, you get to join us live Sunday night at 9.30. So we will be back with After Dark next week. We will be back with the main podcast next week. Thanks again. Love you, Brian. Miss you. And we will catch all of you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. 
Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week. <laughs>